go. Here we go. Here we go. Are in week four, man. Oh uh, yeah. It's about to get serious now, man. How are you feeling about the season so far? Season's always interesting at this point because there's always a saying that coaches like to break the season down into quarters. So this is the end of the first quarter, and at this time you see a lot of teams that are two and one, one and two. There's not a lot of undefeated teams. I think there's only two. Usually we got a few more by week four in the season. So um, I find week four is a big week because you know if you're one and two, you want to get to five hundred. If you haven't won a game, you want to get on the board. And if you're two and one, you know you you come out that first month three and one, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. It's true. It's true. Even, uh, yeah, some teams would be happy to go two and two. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just just because one and three puts yourself in a, in a big hole. Yeah, it does. And, uh, yeah, man, we were just uh, touching on it just before this, the, the injuries. Yeah, yeah. It, there's more injuries now, more so than ever. Um, and here's my thing. I wonder if it has to do with HGH and supplements. You know, guys are getting a little jacked up, and then um, they go down for the weirdest injuries, like your boy, Stephen Tulloch. I know. <laughs> for, for a celebration, man, he's making fun of Aaron Rodgers, but oh. just got double-checked celebration after a sack, and that's how he tore his ACL. Now he's up for the season. But, like, how do you tear your ACL just like that? Even watching the RG3 crap, man. Yeah. When you, like, I don't know, understand how... All these non-contact injuries. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. It, it seems more like a baseball injury. You know how guys are always going down in baseball for random injuries. Um, yeah. Because football, you can understand. You get hit. Yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, some really strange injuries out there. Of course, I'm really disappointed that a couple of the linebackers of the Steelers went down in their big victory against Carolina. But at the same time, I'm happy that we're getting our boy James Harrison back, so... You guys went to the funeral home. <laughs> what? Some guys back. I, I won't be surprised if Joey Porter come off the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love seeing Joey on the sidelines, man. I think um, the NFL is all about depth, though. It's really about the depth of your roster because over the course of the season, you're going to lose a lot of players. So do you have guys that you can plug into positions? And the other thing is it's better for injuries to happen earlier in the year. And if you can squeeze out their victories, cool. Because when it comes to December... You really need those victories, and you really need your guys back. So, uh, I think we could weather the storm. It's true. It's true. It's um, that's all you got to be able to do. But you get, you never know where you're going to be weak at when when you get hurt. Maybe you get hurt at a you know cornerback, and you only have five on the roster. And yeah. then You got to bring everybody up from the practice squad. You're signing all these guys. You, you never know what's going to happen or what's going to work out. It's a little bit crazy. But tell me this though. I, I'm sure we probably touched on it last season. Why can't we make any trades in the NFL? Because if you are light in one position, like why can't you go strike a deal? I don't know. Especially trades, man. You you think like week eight of the season, you know? Because I think they extended the trade deadline nowadays. But okay, so you're halfway through the season. You know, uh, you're the Cleveland Browns, and maybe you're two and six at that point. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you want to trade? You know, Joe Hayden or, or just some guy on your team. For a draft pick that's going to get you better um, and get a salary off your roster, like I don't know, like I don't understand why it doesn't happen in the NFL. Yeah, there's not enough. All the trading happens before the season, and there's happens. barely any. 
Yeah, I, I don't really get it, man. There should be a lot more trades during the season because that's when teams are desperate. You can take advantage of leverage. Yeah. And you already know kind of where your team's at, especially after game, you know, game six, game seven. Yeah. You know where you're at, so. And, I mean, Cleveland's a good example of doing that last year, getting rid of Trent Richardson. And they do that trade 100 times out of 100 based on that Trent really didn't make a, a big dent or impact for Indianapolis. And when they lost him, they, they still won some games, so. It's true. That's a really good example. So if I was a GM, man, I'd be getting on the phone. I'd be making some calls, making some deals. Yeah, especially when you know your position of depth and you know it's a position of weakness for somebody else. Take advantage. 100%. Oh, well. But, yeah, last week was uh, was pretty good, man. I enjoyed the some of the games. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of uh, big upsets last week. No, no, I mean, uh, kind of went... Well... Not a big upset, but I mean, we'll start with, uh, you know, you predicted this earlier that day. The Atlanta Falcons, man, dropping bombs, dog. Lock of the week. 56 points. Yep. Oh, man. Tampa Bay, you know, lucky to, to get on the scoreboard there. The spot the spot was perfect for them. And that's mm. why, you know, I had to make the lock of the week that way. I just felt that confident. Won some money on ATL. It, it just worked out. It was perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's always interesting when games go like you figured they would go in a situation like that. For me, it was something like the Giants coming up with a victory over the Texans. I was feeling them and, and came out, you know, about what I thought, you know. Eli getting some points on the board. Houston putting a little bit, but the Giants with a decisive victory. It was a nice call, um, the Giants to come out. Nice spot. The other game that I liked, um, I didn't pick this one, but Washington plus six and a half. Yeah. Was nice, man. That was a really nice uh, oh, yeah. game shootout. <clears throat> yeah, that one's killing me because I thought the Eagles were going to take that a little bit bigger. But um, but when I was listening to a lot of other people's takes before the game, a lot of people were on Washington. Everybody yeah. getting on that Kirk Cousins bandwagon. So that one was a game that went back and forth a lot too. Uh, but I thought I thought Philly might come out a little bit ahead. But it's good to see you know a little shootout with some of the new quarterbacks in that division. Tell you what, man, there was a couple of painful games to watch. And one being the San Diego Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Man, and that was one of my picks. Buffalo was in the perfect spot to win. And San Diego's in the perfect letdown spot. And mm-hmm. San Diego toughed it out. Won 22-10. And it was just a ugly, ugly game for Buffalo. I don't know. It was not the EJ Manual that we, we've been seeing first oh. for. Well, First yeah, I, I only saw the highlights of it, but, I mean, he just looks off. Yeah. Like, I don't understand where these passes are going to. No, and even Spiller couldn't get going either. So, you know, Fred Jackson was the leading receiver for, for Buffalo. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it got ugly, man. It got really ugly. Um, what else happened, man? New Orleans barely covered against Minnesota. Barely. Yeah. Cincinnati. That one, you know, speaking of that New Orleans game, that's one of those ones where, like, it was just right around that spread area. And uh, you would think maybe New Orleans would pour it on a little bit more, being that they're scoring those points. But, yeah. And then uh, you're you're saying about Cincy? Yeah, Cincy just taking care of business at home, like they have for the past 10 games. Cincy looking really good. I finally got to give them a little bit of credit, you know. It's just that over the years, you kind of, 
You always see the Bengals kind of knocking on the door like they're supposed to take over against the Ravens, against the Steelers, but something drops them back to earth. Everybody's always going to talk about the playoffs, the playoffs, but it's a small sample size. It's just a few games that Andy Dalton's been in. So, um, hey, I got to give it to the Bengals. They're looking like the class of the, the AFC right now. Yeah, they look uh, really strong, especially at home. On the road, yep. we'll see. It's a different story. So let's see what happens on the road. Um, Cleveland pushed. <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland pushed. Billy Hall, I thought they were going to win that game, man. Yeah, just um, as a Browns fan, you got to be kind of disappointed in the sense that you guys are, are sticking in the games but not getting all the Ws. Um, but, hey, you know, it's just meaning that Johnny Manziel time is, is coming up pretty soon then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Billy O is still strong. 290 yards. Yeah, he's okay, man. I don't think Johnny Menzel's coming anytime soon. Um, he's kind of quieted that crowd a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah. Brian Hoyer's done a good job. What do you think about New England, man? Do you think there there's problems? I am surprised at New England because that's a team that we both said could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, the thing has been Tom Brady just hasn't looked as sharp. Yep. Which has been surprising. But to me, with that team, that's that's got to be a squad that's just going to get better as the season goes along. So I'm not overly concerned, but I am a little surprised. Anytime you got to be surprised when that offense isn't clicking and just squeaking out a victory against a team like the Oakland Raiders. You know, they don't have many threats, man. Right. They Never have. Edelman and like Gronkowski's broke. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him, man. Brokowski. And I don't even... I can't name another offensive threat they have. Right. Ben Vereen. <laughs> yeah. Brought the ball. Whatever. They don't got nobody on offense and struggling against Oakland. Oakland's defense might be all right, man. Hmm. Because who have they played? Oakland played um, Jets. Yeah. They held them in check. Who else did Oakland play? Houston? I couldn't tell you. Houston. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that was on the road. Right. So I think Oakland's defense is, is decent, man. I don't know. I haven't looked at their ratings too much. Um, but I think um, there's some – actually, there's some crazy games, man. Seattle, I can't believe they covered. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious watching that game because Peyton Manning gets, gets the ball back with 56 seconds or whatever, no timeout. Yeah. Drives the field for a touchdown. Needs a two-point conversion. Yep. Now you got all the Denver betters are like, all right, just missed a conversion. Let us cover. Let us get our money. Seattle's like, now with the new overtime rules, mm-hmm. make the conversion. Let us go to overtime win the coin toss. And that's exactly how it played out. Yeah. It's like it's a straight gambler's game right there. The yeah, it makes it interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> The big swing. I'm sure in Vegas, people are going nuts. Oh, it had to be wild, for sure. Yeah. KC. <laughs> taking out Miami, man, outright. My squad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I, um, with Miami, it's, it, I don't know what to think of Miami. They're the team that comes out in the first week and pulls off that big upset by beating the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They lose two games, and now they don't know who the starting quarterback is. There's a little uncertainty. Might have to bring in Matt Moore. Um, and, and football's such a crazy sport because it's kind of like if you do pull Ryan Tannehill, you're effectively saying that homie's done. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know another team that's necessarily going to say, we want to bring in Tannehill as our starter next year. If anything, that just means he's going to fall into a backup position. Um, he'll have to wait for a starter to get injured, and then he might get a chance. But that's usually what happens. So it is really surprising for Philbin, just as the start of week four, to not commit to him. Yeah, now he's going to London, Giza. <laughs> what a terrible game. There, man. I don't know. We, we, Miami and Oakland? London's <laughs> got a real treat on their hands. Yeah, I look at it two ways. Number one, it's going to be a, probably a low-scoring game with those squads. So it's kind of more like a soccer match. <laughs> they don't really care about a lot of high scoring. The yeah. second thing is, I mean, they love to get their drinking out in England. So you know they're going to be wasted watching this game anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, you might have a lot of people in England thinking McFadden is a Scottish guy. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows, man? Like that one. Yeah, um, just terrible. That did you watch that Chicago and the and the Jets on Monday night? No, that was painful, man. It was the most ridiculously ridiculously refereed game I've seen. That guy, uh, what's his name, Booger, the referee Booger. Yeah, the guy with the humongous nose, Booger. <laughs> this guy makes the worst calls I've ever seen, man. Yeah, took so many points away from the Jets, and then. You had what's his name, Gino, just give yeah. it back to the Bears on the worst two turnovers I've ever seen. Gino, it, it, he's I don't know what to think of the Jets, man. I'm not I'm not very high on them. I'm not very high on Chicago either. <laughs> it doesn't say much about them. It was a lot of luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you ready for uh, for this week, man? I will be, but I want to ask you one question. Related to the NFL draft. Yep. 2015. Okay. Hypothetically, if you had a pick in the top 12, let's say. You, you had number 12 pick overall. Yep. And a lot of guys are going off the board. And now you got your pick and you need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hundley's gone. Marcus Mariota, I think his name is. He's gone. Do you go with Jameis Winston? You know, I've heard a lot of comparisons comparing him to Manziel. Mm-hmm. From all accounts, he's much, a much better player than Manziel is. He's NFL size, not like Manziel. He's Manziel small. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a really tough, tough decision to figure out whether I go with him or not. He's got some tendencies that are there that, you know, yeah, all college kids do stupid shit. I did. And I'm sure he's just doing his own thing. And he's just basically flipping the bird to the media when he can, too, like Manziel did. Like, who cares? But I wonder how it translates to his work ethic on the field. What does he like on the field? Do his teammates like him? Do this happen? You know, I don't know enough about him. To say whether I'd take him or not. I'd want to know more about him personally within the team. And how people stick up for him, defend him. Are they on his squad? Is he a leader within the locker room? I don't know. All you hear is this stupid TMZ stuff. And I can't judge him on that. I can. I can judge him on it. I would never take him for my team. And I can't compare him to Manziel. As as you like to say. Because I think with Johnny Manziel, it's rich boy problems. 
that's the only thing I see with him. You know, it's partying and here and there, but it's not really too much drama per se. Whereas the immaturity, the level of immaturity you have to have to run into a building and scream that out, that just red flags all over the place. You know, especially being in the position that he had the sexual harassment or, you know, basically a rape case against him. <laughs> you know, if he was an NBA ball player, yeah, I'd take a risk at him. <laughs> you know, I'd take a shot. But this ain't ball. This is football where you have to be the first guy in, the last guy out. You have to be the brainy guy who will spend the time on the playbook, the things that aren't just the physical attributes. So I compare him more to a Jamarcus Russell than a Johnny Manziel. And I can't see that man going anywhere except the Oakland Raiders. And I don't know if the Oakland Raiders are ready to even take the chance there. I just don't see any place for him in the NFL. Somebody's going to take a chance and never know how it's going to pay off because I still think that this might be, you know, this is his one side, but his other side might be a dead serious guy. That is the first guy in. I don't know. I don't know this about him. I don't know if he's lazy at, at practice. I don't know if he's a hard worker at practice. I don't know what he's like. And what his teammates think of him, I think, is just as important to a quarterback than his public image. And I don't think it's public. I don't really care about public image too much, but I don't believe as a quarterback you should be in the news all the time, man. It's proven over and over again that it works against you. Yeah, I just don't see it working, man. I I just I don't know where he would end up, man. So that's my take there. <laughs> all right. Well, let's hear my take on these picks, man, because I'm opening up a sizable lead on you, man. Yeah, how'd you do last week? Uh, did three one and one. Okay. Because Cleveland ended up a draw. Right. So, anyways, that that is uh, so just one loss, really, just the Buffalo. Yeah. And you did pretty good too. You hit your lock, Pittsburgh, yep. and uh, hit your Giants, hit San Diego, and you lost on the Philly and the San Fran. Yeah. So you went three and two. So I'm at nine five and one, and you're at six and nine. Yeah, I feel pretty good after last week, though. All right, all right. You know, a couple tough L's that I had to take, but, you know, basically they were, they were good calls overall. All right, so you, you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's do the picks. Well, I'll come right at, at the start, then. I'll go right off a jump, and I'm saying I'm believing in my Atlanta Falcons to come out victorious of the Minnesota Vikings. I'll take ATL minus three. ATL minus three. Even though what they're like on the road doesn't scare you at all, I don't really care, man. I, I don't. I'm not a big believer of Teddy Bridgewater. I don't see a running back in Minnesota, um, and just the way ATL can put up points, and I think they're going to cruise and put up some more points. It's an interesting dynamic having Teddy. Maybe the team rallies around. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they do. But um, just Minnesota to me just doesn't strike me as. A contender. No, I hear you. And especially going through the issues that they've had to go through from the press on the Adrian Peterson. Um, and, and losing him is a huge blow. You know, it's not just an elite running back. It's a guy who was an MVP. So you take the quarterback, you take the running back out of the mix. I don't know where they're going to get that offense from. Well, I'm going to give you as my first pick uh, a public perception play. Mm-hmm. And last week you saw... The biggest blowout on Thursday night that we've seen all season. Yeah, yeah. I think a historic blowout. 
Yeah. East Tampa Bay. You also see in primetime on Sunday night, Pittsburgh have their way with Carolina. Mm -hmm. Smash Carolina. Expose Carolina for what they were. Ran all over them. So now they go home. And Pittsburgh is favored by more than a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Now, Tampa Bay might be the bottom of the barrel. But I don't think Pittsburgh any elite status at all. <laughs> they haven't shown it. They yeah. couldn't cover against Cleveland right. at home. Yeah. They couldn't take care of business against the Ravens. And they beat a Carolina team that I don't think is really as good as what they are. Even though they did up your boys. Oh, well, they show. did. The, the Lions kind of beat themselves with turnovers and stupid plays. As they have. They yeah. didn't really... Cam didn't run all over them. It wasn't... It was all defensive. So, I'm going to take Tampa Bay plus seven and a half and hold my nose and hope for a cover. <laughs> I think... I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tampa Bay won outright. I feel you. I, that's fair to say. I think the NFL, especially when it comes to the betting, goes in a lot of swings. It goes from value to overvalued. When I was looking at that game last week between the Steelers and the Panthers, I said to myself... People are undervaluing the Steelers and are overvaluing Carolina. True. And now I see that same type of thing this week with the Steelers and the Bucks. Some people are going to start getting on that Pittsburgh bandwagon, but everybody's jumped off that Tampa Bay bandwagon. And they're a decent team. And Pittsburgh might not be that great of a team. So definitely solid value in that, in the sense that maybe Pittsburgh wins, but maybe they only win by four points or, or something funny like that. So... I definitely feel you on that. Yeah, and if you actually like that bet, which I don't know if anybody else is going to actually want to put money on Tampa Bay, I will. And uh, I'm going to wait till Sunday because I think the money's going to come in on Pittsburgh. The line's yeah. probably going to go up to eight, eight and yeah. a half. It's just going to go up. Yeah, that's one that you definitely want to jump on because, yeah, I think uh, the, the, the line is going to change. But what I do like about the Steelers is that this isn't, the toughest game necessarily. Not saying that we're going to win it. But next week we also got the Jags. So uh, it would be nice to come out the first five weeks 4-1. But I don't know. We got to take it game by game. <laughs> yep. Yep. Speaking about a team that's really undervalued. And uh, rightfully so. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Mm. Plus 13 and a half points. Against yep. San Diego. Yep. I like San Diego. I went with them last week. But um, Bortles coming in there. And I think there's some fight to Jacksonville. I don't think they're as bad as they've played so far. And after losing so bad as they did last week, I think it's kind of one of those response games. And I think uh, Jacksonville's going to hang in there. I just, you know, when it's 13 and a half, like that's a lot. You know, if it was even 10 points, um, I might still go with San Diego. But the 13 and a half, I'm going to grab those points. Yeah, yeah, and it, it might even go up, but you know what? I had the same pick deal, but I'm going to switch it. Okay. Just in the uh, in the spirit of competition, and I got a sizable lead, so I'm going to play with my stuff, man. I'm going to I'm going to play with it. I'm going to take a team that has made me money against a team that is has been a letdown. I'm going to take KC on Monday night plus three and a half. KC. I think Arrowhead, is it still called Arrowhead? Arrowhead Stadium is one of, used to be, before the Seattle, it used to be the hardest outdoor stadium to play in. Right. And people were scared to go to Arrowhead. And look how 
Brady and them struggled against the defense in, in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to Arrowhead. And KC has actually played very well, starting with the second half of the, um, the game against Denver, where they covered, they almost tied that game up. And then they went outright and smashed Miami in Miami. Now they're coming back home. And the crowd is going to be loud. Everybody's going to be smashed drunk at Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. Monday night game. And uh, I think it's going to be a tough place to play. There's no explosive plays for for New England. They can't bust it open. And I don't care if Jamal Charles is playing or not, man. This guy, uh, who's the running back for KC now? You know his name? Niall Davis. Yep. This guy is amazing. This guy looks amazing, and I love how he runs, and he's still small, and he's still tough, and he's fast. Yeah, because Andy Reid likes to run the ball a lot. <laughs> well, on the screen passes, he's beautiful, too. Right. But I, I like their, their spread offense, and I think Alex Smith um, is good enough to, to beat the Pats. So I'll take him plus three and a half, man. Man, you make it sound like uh, they're playing against a rookie quarterback. <laughs> he's going to get shook. Brady's getting old. You know what? I had my five picks laid out, and then as we were talking in the intro, I was like, who are New England playing again? Oh, they're playing KC? You know what? I'm going to add that one, so uh, let's just ride with that. I'm going to have to take one of my other picks out, but you know, I got to gain some ground, so you got to make these these calls sometimes, and I like New England in this one. Oh, nice. I like New England because, like I said, I think they're a Super Bowl team. I think they will start rolling on all cylinders. And sure, KC can be a tough place to play, but KC just doesn't look as dominant as they were last year when they were playing against an easy schedule. And I think this is the week that New England puts everything together and comes out on top. Mm. Okay. Um, all right, so you got so far you got ATL, Jacksonville, New England. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Wembley Stadium for the next pick. <laughs> Stinker! <laughs> I'm taking the People's Oakland Raiders. Oh, no. Plus four. And uh, I really like them this week. Their defense. I don't like Miami. This is more of a bet against Miami than anything. Um, nobody's going to want to bet anything on this game. They're going to figure, okay, um, on a new, neutral field, Miami should be four points better than Oakland. I'm not convinced that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, without no Sean Marino, I don't believe in uh, Miami. I don't believe in Mike Wallace. I just, I don't know. And obviously the coach doesn't believe in his quarterback. So whatever, man. I'll take Derek Carr on that defense plus four. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like betting against Miami because they they seem to respond well against adversity. I point to last year when they had all that inner turmoil and they were still pulling out W's. But that's a game I won't touch. <laughs> so I'm not going to go against you on that it's one. It's a nasty one. It's a nasty one. Um. But speaking about teams that uh, play defense, mm-hmm. I'm going with the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I just look at this as a game where Carolina rebounds, Cam Newton starts getting on track, and um, Baltimore, yeah, they might have a couple wins in the season, but I don't know how good they are. And I think it's Carolina coming in, back in with the defense. And Cam doing some things. I actually bet that game on the other side when it was minus three. Because mm. I took uh, the uh, the Steve Smith Sr. 
<laughs> he's gonna be angry. Uh, you gotta bet him over whatever his uh, his yards are. Yeah, you yeah. Take him over. He's I, love that that I love yeah. that prospect. I love that prospect. I I love this uh, game just for that reason <laughs> of just seeing Steve Smith. Um, ever since my boy Heinz Ward retired, Steve Smith is definitely that mold of wide receiver. The the guy that um, is just undervalued. People didn't believe in him. The underdog. And uh, he's putting up big numbers this year, and he's 35 years old. So shout out to the old man, senior. He took out Torrey Smith as the number one option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because to me, Torrey Smith has always been a guy who stretches the field well. Yeah. But um, when you got a guy who stretches the field... Chances are you're not going to have a lot of receptions. You'll, you'll have some big ones. But Steve Smith, he can make the short ones. He can make the long ones. Does a little bit of everything. And he always just bounces back up after he gets hit, too. So you got to love it. That's just it, man. I, I like the um, – I don't trust Carolina, man. Like I said, I think Pittsburgh exposed him last week. And Cam looks a lot more hurt than uh, than he's letting on. And you don't see no signature plays from Cam mm-hmm. this year. They're kind of winning with their defense, kind of getting by. Even their run game doesn't look good. So I think after the exposure last week, I think they're going to get smashed by the Ravens this year, this week. But let's see. Um, just saw that Jamal Charles is practicing with uh, with KC, so that might be okay. a big thing. Um, let's move on to number four pick for me. I saw Monday night, and like I told said earlier in the podcast, Chicago's been getting lucky. Mm-hmm. And their luck has run out. They're going home for a letdown game where Aaron Rodgers has dominated them. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yeah, I'm taking taking Aaron Rodgers, man. As much of a prick that he is, and I can't stand him because he's in my division. But we took care of him last week, and Aaron Rodgers, after a loss, his record is amazing. Mm -hmm. On the road or at home, doesn't really matter. So I'll take uh, Aaron Rodgers, minus one and a half. Yeah, yeah, this that should be a good game though too. Uh, the the only problem is um, Aaron Rodgers isn't so good in these close games. He's got like a terrible stat in close games and come from behind. Um, it, it seems like he's got that pass just because he won that Super Bowl. Yeah, kind of. But you know what? The Bears have an awful record in games that are less than three points uh, on the spread line. They've been awful in close hmm. games. The Chicago has so it's kind of like a. You know, a stat that works against each other and kind of cancels each other out. But uh, I'll try with Rodgers, man. He's dominated them um, overall. And I honestly, I'm more betting against the Bears, man. I don't think Green Bay is good, but I think Chicago's not very good either. Yeah. So for this last one that I got, I'm surprised you haven't said this yet. Yep. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Is this your lock? It's my lock of the week. Okay. The Lions minus 1.5 points? Of course I'm going to go with the Lions, man. Playing against the Jets, man? Come on. The, I just I don't have any hope in these Jets, man. Like, I don't know how who sets these spreads. Like, I saw last week with the Chicago Bears. Like, you think maybe there's some intel. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm just not buying into it, man. Um, I think Rex Ryan is going to get fired this year. I think he was good coach the first few years. Pulling out some victories. But um, I just don't see a lot of players get better under him, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And if you're going to play Detroit, you got to put up points, man. And, and Detroit's defense has actually been all right this year, too. So I just look at it as 
um, Detroit's going to air it out, and I don't think Geno Smith can win in a shootout. Detroit's got the number one defense in the league right now. Is it really? Number wow. one rated defense. That's incredible. Yeah, and they're top <laughs> ten sacks. Um, I don't think they're top ten interceptions, but their um, they're yards allowed. And rushing yards allowed is the rushing yards allowed. They're the second best, right mm. after the Jets. But overall yards uh, allowed per game is the lowest in the league. Mm. And um, yeah, man, I, I like it. I like that as your lock. I just, you know, I get a little weary about taking my team all the time. I already have enough invested, man. So I, I try to stay away from it. Um, I got a lock too, and it's Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. and. We don't believe in you, Tony Romo. <laughs> Halfway Stadium is going to be filled with people from New Orleans. It's not yeah. a drive from New Orleans to Dallas. Good point. Good point. And that stadium doesn't care. Even the home games are not loud at home for Dallas. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And, you know, New Orleans showing that they're still kind of just getting going. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow out Minnesota, and that was their first win. So I think they're still going to be very highly motivated. It's not a letdown spot. They're going to be in prime time, and I'll, I'll take Drew Brees in prime time, and I will go against Tony Romo in prime time every time. <laughs> so that's my lock of the week, man. New Orleans Saints minus three. I like that as the evening game, though, too. Yeah. Because I think the thing with that game, it will be entertaining. Tony Romo, you can say what you want about him, but he's always entertaining. Even in a stinker, <laughs> him turning the ball over. But then he might come down and, and get three touchdowns in two and a half minutes or whatnot. But uh, it's definitely looking like Dallas, after years of mediocrity, is starting to go on the way down. Mm-hmm. And uh, New Orleans, not getting out to that start that a lot of people thought. So they're, they're trying to reestablish themselves. And, and hey, the Cowboys are 2-1, and one, so going 2-2, two and two, that's... Well on their way to another 8-8 eight eight season. Yep, that's true. That's true. They're on their way. I think they had a bet. <laughs> what is that on uh, the podcast with Simmons and, and Cousin Sal talking about yeah. their bet available to bet that the Cowboys would finish 8-8? Eight eight? Oh, is there? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny, knowing that you know they always finish, and historically they're a 50% team. So you hear that controversy now, though, eh? Yeah, Simmons is suspended. Yeah. That's some bullshit, man. Man, I, I think it just sucks because it's like I, I want to read this football column and I want to hear the, yeah, it's it's, this thing on Monday. Punishing the fans. Yeah. Like, really, they're just making a poster boy out of him. Find him. Find him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take it out of his pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, but don't, yeah, don't, don't hurt us. So yeah. uh, I was just reading Pro Football Talk was saying they're more mad about him calling out ESPN than the Goodell things. Because he's basically saying, I dare ESPN to do something about it. Which mm-hmm. is basically kind of saying that he walks on water over there. And right. and he kind of does in the way he's been elevated from just this journalist to a guy who's also on the ESPN NBA programs and ABC, for that matter. Um, so he's come a long way in a short period of time. He has, and I, ne- I don't necessarily think that he uh, he needs ESPN, man. He's got his own fan base. He's got his own group of people that he's got online. He doesn't need to be in the national media. And that's what I like about him. It's, it's kind of good for his brand overall because he's always been that kind of guy who's anti-establishment. Yeah. And so, 
you know, you got to do that every once in a while, even though, man, I'm just getting tired of all this. I'm glad we didn't have to really deal with it. I'm glad it seems to be dying down a little bit. Nobody got arrested this week. It's just like, come on. Like, yeah, can't even that stuff. <laughs> let's fire Goodell. Drives me nuts, man. I really don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, so. at the end of the day, like, I don't care, man. These guys are on steroids. Get over it, man. That's what it is. That's the sport. We pay for it. We pay to watch it. That's we what's coming, though. To watch gladiators kill uh, each other. The steroid game is going to come in a couple weeks. Lots of guys going to get suspended. HGH. Now the testing's going down, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. Are you going to be surprised? Everybody's on it. Yeah. Try any other sport, man. Everybody's there. You don't think tennis? You think any anybody's, you know, immune from this if you can get ahead in sports and make money? Come on, man. I, I just think the general ignorance of people is that steroids are just something you get in a test tube. Or not a test tube, but like you inject it in yeah. your butt. And yeah. that it's like really black market stuff. Yeah. Whereas like... You know, there's a lot of supplements you take just as a regular person working out that have creatine in it that like five, ten years ago, people were like, oh, my God, you're taking creatine. That's so dangerous. That's like steroids. Um, So, yeah, as a professional athlete that cares and is passionate about what they want to do, especially knowing that it can get them tens of millions of dollars extra. Yeah, you are going to find out a little little something you could take so that your workouts are going to go harder. You know, you you always trying to push close to that line. Yeah, and they're, you know, extreme cases. They're all fast-twitch muscles. They're all high-impact plays. You see, every, every collision in the NFL is equivalent to a car crash. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be prepared for that stuff. And they see an advantage using HGH, then, all right, that's what they do. But there's ignorance to it that, you know, nobody's on it, and you can just get by without anything. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not happening. In, it, it's in every sport. Every sport. Yeah. It's not this good sport. These guys don't do it, and this, that. No, no. It's in everything, man. Yeah, it's just sure. not tested for. But one thing will never change: the excuses. Oh yeah, Adderall. <laughs> Adderall. Uh, I swear, some of these guys must think of these things like before it happens too. <laughs> you know, they, they must be just like kicking it with their boys and saying, oh, you know, if I get taken down, you know, I'm going I'm to come out and say this. Like Robert Mathis saying like it was a pregnancy thing. Oh, that's, <laughs> a, that's the best one. Man. Oh, man. Because like the crazier it is, that's the better ones because it's like, hey, maybe it is true. <laughs> man, I love it. It's anything that goes wrong, Adderall. Yeah, yeah. Man, get me some Adderall, man. Apparently yeah. it's pretty good. Oh, man. What the hell is Adderall? Cough medicine? Yeah, crazy, man. Crazy. I'll take it. All right, man. I think right, I'm going to gain some ground. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. You're going to need it. Oh, yeah.